I'm here with Jakey Lee, and I'm doing a goddamn a motherfucking son of a bitch, cocksucker, rock and metal. Uh, that was always no what? combat podcast. Yeah, what he said. Yeah. Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Doctor Fuck. And the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rocket Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 diddly dee. All right, it's time for the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. And I'm that dude, and with me is this guy. Oh, yeah! How you doing, this guy? Oh, I'm doing fucking great. I am officially on vacation. We are recording this on Wednesday. On Friday, we both leave for Nashville for the Rock and Pod Expo, the first uh, Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. So I'm in a great fucking mood. Hell yeah! Well, me too, kind of. But um, I guess I'll talk about that before the iTunes review. Alrighty. Um. I just came back yesterday from Columbia. I played in front of over 7,000, estimated 8,000 people. It was the most mind-altering experience of my life. Words cannot express what it was to perform in front of that many people that were so into the band. And they were so responsive. And it was just an amazing experience. But um, if you want to hear the whole story, it's going to be on the brand new Vieira Vault, which is up now. And um, I have the whole band talking about it because when we landed back in Miami, I understood that not only am I talked about on the radio, but they actually had news reports about what I did over there. And it's very, very controversial. Uh, The media over there hates me. They're saying a lot of fucked up things about me uh, because of something I said on stage. And if you want to find out what I said on stage, go on Vierva. But let me say... Um, I got, I, I'll just say this and I say it on the podcast. I didn't see, I didn't hear one boo the whole time I was there. I, I, I got nothing but a lot of people loving us, you know, and I even got off stage and cause there's a barrier at these festivals, like a 10, 20 foot barrier from the stage to the audience where I walked off stage and, you know, I went up to every single person all the way up in the barrier and took them like about 70 pictures. And then when I got, and then when I left, I, uh, a police officer asked me to take a picture with him. So it's like, and, and then there's controversy now. But if you want to know what it was that I said on stage, check out the Vieira Vault. I have uh, the whole band minus one person. And we, only, we don't only talk about the controversy. We talk about the insane. I mean, there was some really hairy experiences in Colombia and, and just all the effort that went into it. It's an amazing story, actually. I just finished the podcast now, and I'm like, you know what, man? We really did a lot in three days. Uh, amazing stuff. But Fiera Vault on Podbean, Spreaker, iTunes, and YouTube. Uh, check it out. I think I'm going to call it the con- Colombian Controversy or something like that. What language do they speak in Colombia? It's Spanish, but, man, even their Spanish was a little hard for me at times. Ah, is it because they're talking so fast because they're all geeked up? You know, actually, uh, yeah. Well, no, Cubans talk fast as fuck, you know? Oh, it's okay. just their lingo. Some of their words are, they're still Spanish, but they're lingo-ish, you know? Ah. 
C. C, senor. Yeah, I got I got by. You know, it's just you know, I, my whole band is all English speaking guys, except one guy. He speaks better Spanish than me. He was pretty much the guy that took care of everything, but but um, I, I I fended for myself as well. But you know, you know that one dollar over there is like twenty million quadrillion pesos. Okay. True. So Ian, I understand we have iTunes reviews. Oh, we have a plethora of iTunes reviews, and I believe a lot of this I have to give thanks to the one and only Podfather, Ken Mills. Uh, he put a post on the Nashville Rock and Pod Expo page that, uh, you know, we're all going to be brothers in arms at this expo, and that we should go on iTunes and review each other's shows. Uh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try. Like, I've already left a review for Decibel Geek. I left three for Decibel Geek that have never showed up. Uh, you know, iTunes is notorious for nightmares, and I think it's especially true more for people who don't use Apple. I think if you're on Windows and, and you go there, that's my theory at least, because, you know, I, I believe in all the conspiracies. But, uh, but anyway, I'm going to try to leave mine after I meet these people, uh, you, you know, so I can give a little bit more personal uh, review. But we have a lot of new ones, and I don't know if all these are people, you know, from the Facebook page. I think these are other uh, podcasts who have checked this out, uh, but they all have rave reviews, and I would like to read those for you. The I would like to listen one, to them. The, <laughs> the first one is a five-star review from Spittin' Blood. Spittin' Blood? Titled, yeah, all one word. I would never get uh, I would never get a blowjob from a girl that's spitting blood. <laughs> well, that makes one of us. I'm hard up. But but uh, if this, but if spitting blood's a guy, yeah, I'll let him give me a head. Yeah, yeah, there you go. He gave you five stars. Five star, five star review entitled "Fun and Funny." This show is nuts. Love it. Short to the point. Uh, he just but, uh, spit yeah, out right. the he spit out that review. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding, dude. I wouldn't let you give me head. I, you know, I was, I was kind of like implying that we're both homos, and that's not cool. On, on your end, not mine. I don't care if people think I'm a homo. They could think I'm gay all, all I want. What they don't know is I'm banging their mom. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, our next one is another five-star review from DL Dustin. And and and, a- and their dad, by the way. Yeah. This one's entitled "Rock On." Rock on! Simply, yeah, and the review is simply great show. I love these <laughs> so, uh, these short to the point. These guys are badass. Spit and blood yeah, and rock on should like hang out or DL whatever DLC. DL, yeah, DL Hughley Dustin. DL Hughley right. and Spit and Blood. You guys, uh, <laughs> you guys, you know, you guys should hang out. It'll be a very short conversation. <laughs> All right, here's another five star review. This one from Red Bull 73. Red Bull. Yes, entitled The Good Doctor and Wadzilla. Yeah, it got me first. Yeah, love this show. They never pull any punches. And whether I agree with them or not, it's still entertaining. These guys made album reviews cool, and a ton of copycats have sprung up as a result. Yeah, yeah, no shit. And terrible ones at that. Well, ter- <laughs> terrible one, I meant. Not once. <laughs> one. One is so terrible. 
Yes, well, we've inspired, uh, you know, a whole other generation of podcasts, just like, you know, those who came before inspired us. But uh, I like to think we took our own direction that made us unique. And uh, and there you go. But another great five-star review. So thank you, Red Bull 73. Can I do an impression of that one terrible uh, podcast? <laughs> go for it. God damn, man. This guy just won't let it go. Jesus, just let me do my thing and ignore me already. Thank you. Frickity frack. Ah, you see, he said that part. But then again, I'm the <laughs> editor. I'm, 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 I'm just as guilty as he on that freaking thing. <laughs> yeah, just edit out the part where I talk about. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, that I will edit out. Come on. Ah, shit. All right. You can't I'll, fight I'll, city hall. I'll put beeps on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our next review, once again, five stars. And this one is from Randy W. Hall, entitled Nashville Awaits. And he says, The dandy classic music hour looks forward to meeting you at the Rockin' Pod. I am not familiar, I'm sorry, with with the dandy classic music hour, but yes, I would love to meet you and and check out your show, and hopefully we share some drinks and, and some street drugs and have a great time. And your sister? Oh, sure. But I don't think my sister's going. Oh, you mean his sister? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah Come sure. on, I, I have respect for you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, Dan. <laughs> Dandy, I'm going to check out your show. Thank you so much for the review. And yes, we are going to hang out and, you know, maybe a little, you know, little tongue action there. <laughs> All right. Our next one, again, five-star reviews. And this is from Kiss Mite. And it's simply entitled Bites. The review says, in a good way, straightforward, and a good listen. All right. So it's a good bite. All right. And our last review, again, a five-star review. This one from Dennis Talbot is entitled, Great Show. And then the review is just a square box. I don't know what that means. It's supposed (laughs) to be a beer. There's, like, not even a word. There's just, like, like this little, like, box. <laughs> that, that may be my favorite review ever. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping it's supposed to be a beer can. And he's not saying we're square. It's I don't one, know. It's one of those subliminal reviews. <laughs> yeah, he's like, ah, dude, fuck it, fuck it, fuck it. Ken Mills made me do this. <laughs> oh, All that's right, what well, it is. That's why we got so many reviews. By the way, speaking of five stars, I fucking stubbed my toe today on the way home. And I saw five yes. stars. Oh, there you go. Squirreling around my also, head. It's worth mentioning that we have got even more uh, five-star ratings. That's, you know, people who just left, you know, uh, uh, gave us a five-star rating without a review. So we appreciate, you know, any little comment that it just makes the show look uh, that more impressive. I'm going to go on or, or, I'm going to go on Dandy's uh iTunes and leave him a review saying, "Hey, spit in blood, yo." Yeah. And, and Justin Childers now said that we're almost as big as Menudo. <laughs> so Childers. Yes. Way. Yeah, Childers. Yeah. Yeah, that war started up again from out of fucking nowhere. You know, you know, uh, let me let me ask you a uh, question Ian. Uh, yes, sir. Can you spell child for me? C H I L D. Now, can you spell the word chill for me? C H I L L. I notice an extra L on chill. 
Can't get nothing past you. Thank you. And I'm dumb as fuck. <laughs> and I even know that. Yeah, by the way, my name is Ravarelia. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my last name's pronounced the guy who fucked Justin Childers' mom. Yeah, but, it's uh, spelled wildly. Yeah, it's yeah. spelled wildly, but, uh, yeah. you know, wow. it's all the pronunciation. Yeah. All right. Well, those are our iTunes reviews. Once again, we thank each and every one of you. Keep them coming so we can read those. I thoroughly enjoy it. Spitting blood in the face of God. Who is that, Ian? I don't know. All right. Who, hey, let's see somebody out there. Leave a comment. Who, who sings a song where it goes, Spitting blood in the face of God. All right. There you go. Now watch some asshole Google it going, Oh, it's this. I knew it. You Google fucking <laughs> asshole. You children's motherfucker. Right. At least I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. All right. Well, now it's time to get into some news. Uh, Bill Ward is up to commenting again. I was hoping you were to say Bill Wang. Oh, yeah. I wish I wish we were seeing Bill Wang this weekend. Any, any, news, any news on Bill Wang? That's the news I want to hear about. <laughs> uh, just that uh, the fans keep coming, man. Everybody's loved the, the, the Turbo episode from the previous week. And uh, I, I, I need to listen to that one because I sure as fuck don't remember it. <laughs> yeah, it was and great. And that'll, de- that'll definitely be one, uh, holy cow, when that YouTube unedited version comes out. Yeah, you know, something I wanted to mention, but I was in Columbia, so I couldn't do it. I wanted to let everybody know, in case you haven't listened to the Turbo uh, episode... Believe me, you don't want to stop at the IDs. After the IDs, I think it's my favorite part. I mean, it goes on for like, I don't know, like maybe seven minutes of, oh boy, you got to hear what <laughs> happens after the IDs. It is quite, quite the spectacle there, Ian. But this was, uh, yeah, yeah. this was, uh, this wasn't Dr. Jekyll drunk, Ian. This was Mr. Hyde, Ian. Dr- yes. Drunk Hyde. Yes, the good one, right? Yeah, it was a great. Was you a were one? you were great. You were you were nonviolent. You were dopey as fuck, and you were half awake. Yes, yes, I did pass out and then woke back up. Yeah. <laughs> a la Wang. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, that that part is uh, yeah. Because me and Bill Wang argued for about forty minutes, and then we're like, "Hey, Ian," and you're like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> and So I edited the whole me and uh, uh, Bill arguing. But, you know, anyway, I, I only b- mentioned Bill Wang because I wanted to hear. I wanted him to listen to this episode. <laughs> yes. Yes. That is the secret. Yeah. We have to talk about Bill. Ancient Chinese secret. All right. Well, other than Bill Wang, Bill Ward is back in the news and uh, man keeps going back and forth. And he once again denies uh, the reasons that Black Sabbath is claiming <laughs> he wasn't part of it. And uh Man, I really wish they'd fucking settle this shit once forever. Once and forever. Uh, for all, I should say. Uh, I really don't think we've seen the last of Black Sabbath. I do believe that there will be, you know, some one-off shows. And uh, I, I hope at some point, uh, you know, they can hash all this shit out. Do you, do you think there'll be a, another show with Bill Ward? Well, what, what does it say in your crystal ball? I say... If they ever do another Black Sabbath show with Ozzy Osbourne, it will be with Bill Ward. That's my prediction. I would love, I would love to see that. Yeah, definitely. Because that—that's the selling point. 
Alright, Black Sabbath isn't that, but now you get to see the original. And not a lot of people were around. You gotta remember, man, what's it been, like 15 years since Bill Ward been in Sabbath? Yeah, something like that. So, you know, there's a lot of generations that, you know, worship Sabbath that never got to see the original. Yeah, that's a shame. All right. Well, next one. Paul Stanley and Phil Anselmo have made their uh, predictions on the epic Mayweather-McGregor fight, which actually happens the same day as the uh, the podcast. Yeah. The, I mean, uh, as, the, as the expo. Which is the Rock and Metal Combat podcast versus all the other podcast fight. <laughs> and we're going to wipe the floor with all of them. I'm going to hit them all over the head with Ken Mills. <laughs> we're all going to get along and it's going to be fun. We're going to sing Kubaya metal yeah. style. Don't say we, motherfucker. Okay. All right. Have a mop uh, handy because I'm going to shit on the floor. Oh, boy. All right. Well, both Paul Stanley and Phil Insummo have picked Floyd Money Mayweather as uh, the projected victor in this fight. Uh, Ralph, are you a fan of boxing or MMA? Do you have any uh, interest in this? Not at all, because no. Oh. All right. Well, I am hopeful for a Conor McGregor victory because I cannot stand Floyd Mayweather as a uh, as a person or as a boxer. But I do admit his talent. Uh, I mean, you don't you don't go that many fights without you know being able to fight. Even though I think he's better at defending himself than he is as a fighter, uh, Conor McGregor is amazing in the MMA ring. But I really don't know if uh, you, you know this is boxing. You know, a little bit, a lot more rules here, and uh, could be an interesting fight. My prediction is something crazy happens. Uh, the fight gets stopped, and then there's a rematch to make even more money. That's my, my prediction. My prediction is Steven Seagal is going to jump in the ring and kick both their asses. Oh, Steven Seagal can't even kick anymore. Hey, shut up. That fat fuck. Hey. <laughs> I can say that because I'm fat. <laughs> All right, okay. Vince <laughs> Neal. Yeah. I don't know Kung Fu, but I got an Asian buddy, goddammit. So, I can kick his ass. Last ring, Axel's going to jump in the ring, motherfucker. Axel's going to kick him out. Kick their ass with a kilt on as a, as a matter of fact, I, I think I'm going to wear a name tag at the expo that just says Vince Neal. <laughs> yeah, See if we can get more people to come up to the table. <laughs> oh, Lordy. And my internet is not working. I'm trying to get to a new page of uh, stories. Well, since your internet is not working, let me get on Blabbermouth for you, dude. Let me, let me hunt some stories down here. All right. Corey, All right. Corey Taylor. You know what? Fuck him. You know, he's always on this goddamn thing. Enough. Look, let's ban Corey Taylor from the news from now on. All right, what do you say? Enough of him. Unless he dies. Former ACDC yeah. drummer Phil Rudd to release Sun Goes Down single European tour announced. Man, you want to talk about a party, go to that show. Backstage, woo. Right? As long as he doesn't put a hit out on you. Oh, shit, this is terrible news. Uh, the, the girl that... Um, uh, managed adrenaline mob died from those injuries from like oh a no month, yeah from like a month or two ago no I, I saw the story the other day that she had taken a turn for the worse yeah she died oh man how how unfortunate man yeah that's terrible my condolences Hammerfall yeah, uh, Hammerfall the tour of Flocks and the Jetsum now that's a tour I would like to see I like Hammerfall I, I, 
I'm not that familiar with them. I have some of their stuff that uh, the great Mr. X has gave me, but I've never checked it out. But I would like to see Flotsam and Jetsam. Oh, sure. I love I love Flotsam, man. They're awesome. Their last album's really good. What's your good, favorite? What, What's favorite, your favorite? Favorite Flotsam album? Yeah. Uh, no Place for Disgrace. Really? You like that better than Doomsday, huh? Yeah, I love Doomsday, though. Don't get me wrong, but No Place for Disgrace, N.E. Terror. I Live You Die, fucking uh, Hard on You, the title track. Oofa. I don't like the, the El- I don't like the, the the Elton John cover though. Yeah, I didn't care for that one. Too. Yeah. Max Cavalera says he's more metal than his brother Igor. That could be true. I met Igor Cavalera, and uh, he he just seemed scared of me. <laughs> I mean, I'm a lovable enough guy. But uh, he just seemed terrified. But he is a very uh, short man. And uh, not that I'm a giant, but uh, I'm definitely taller than Igor Cavalera. Uh, I, got, I met Igor and Derek Green together uh, with on Derek's first tour with the band for the Against album. And uh, Derek Green, man, what a what a gentle giant and a nice guy. He couldn't have been more, uh, you know, polite and cool and, and, and talkative. But Igor was just kind of like, you know, of course I was wasted. You know, he's just like, oh, what's this crazy guy gonna do? You know, like, oh, fuck, you know, calm down. You're Igor Cavalera, motherfucker. Amazing drummer. Amazing drummer. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Dude, Arise, that song Arise, oh my God. He's drumming on that. But um, your boy, Mike Patton, is getting stitched up after suffering a bad wipeout on a skateboard. Um, yeah, I've seen all these stories. I saw well, he was in a he was involved in a car wreck, and they had to cancel a show. And then the next day, the skateboard shit happens. Yeah, but it, but in, but in, in in better news, his ego is still intact. Ah, have you heard the Dead Cross yet? Not yet. No, the Dead Cross album. Uh, I I've got it. I only listened to one song. Uh, they they did a really cool. Or I'm sorry, no, I've listened to two because I heard one that was on Blabbermouth that I dug, and they do a really cool cover of uh, Bella Lugosi's Dead by Bajas that I played on my radio show last week that I really enjoyed. I need to check out the whole thing. I do have a feeling uh, that you would like it, because it really does, you know, a lot of the vocals don't even sound like Mike Patton to me. So you might like it, but I don't know how much of a hardcore fan you are. I need to check out your radio show. That's what I need to check out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Since you started this show, I've, I've been practicing hard with the band for this show and then last week I uh, went to Columbia so yeah after this weekend I'll be chilling man I got a lot of things planned Uh, there will be um, a rock and metal combat podcast documentary yes originally planned has been shifted to a different there's different people now filming us that's me myself and I all three of us and nobody yes, knows this podcast. 4040 Productions. And let me tell you something. It's going to be a hundred times better than whatever documentary that other person would have been, would come up with. Because I know that would have been edited when we're talking about each other's mom's labia. All right. This is great news, by the way. This is awesome news. Bruce Dickinson's okay. solo catalog to be released on vinyl as a limited edition box set. I saw that. And that's all of them, starting with that crappy one you like all the way to Tyranny of Souls. So I'm, right. I'm buying it, because I like Son of a Gun off that album, so at least one song I like on there. So, I was hoping uh, they would have put the, the live album in there. but Oh, uh, yeah, Scream for Me Brazil. That's a good live album. Yeah, I've never listened to it, but I was hoping it was going to be in there. I have it, just never checked it out. Vinny Apiece. 
Oh, uh, I got I got to tell you, my drummer Brian Wilson told me he's in Colombia, and it blew my mind. Did you realize? I didn't know this. That Vinny Apice, you pronounce his name Vinny Apice, but his brother is right. Carmine Apice. Apice, yes. <laughs> what the fuck? And he, they have another brother, and yes. he pronounces Apice different too. Yeah, Apice. <laughs> what the Sorry. fuck's up with that shit? Right. Well, I, mean, I, be- I believe that uh, that Apice, I believe, is, is is the proper pronunciation. Uh, Carmine. Uh, changed it to make it more like rock and roll sounding and I believe uh, Vinny changed his just to uh, you know try to I don't know if necessarily distance himself but you know to have his own brand you know and not try to like hey I'm living off my brother but it's weird y'all got the same fucking name figure yeah. it out and, 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 and look I've, I've known about uh, Carmine since like do you think I'm sexy in the 70s I've known about Vinny since 1980, Heaven and Hell, and I just found out this weekend they did this, so it didn't really work, did it, you know? <laughs> and, and I've known all along they were brothers, you know? Come on, give me a break. Right, who's your favorite? You know, that's a tough one. Uh, I gotta say, I've seen some early footage of Vanilla Fudge, which I'm not really that keen on Vanilla Fudge, but yeah. dude, I saw him play drums on this old black and white footage, and dude, John Bonham totally ripped them off. Totally ripped them off because it, oh, yeah. it was pre-Led Zeppelin. So I love his drumming, but oh, and they toured together. My my dad saw, uh, you know, and he told me this story a thousand times. But he saw Led Zeppelin and Jethro Tull open up for Vanilla Fudge, and he said by the time Vanilla Fudge came on, people just walked out. <laughs> you know, wow. he said he said their mind was so blown by by Jethro Tull, and and you know, and some people here like, oh, Jethro Tull, but you got to think of those. Especially, you know, it was the first tour for both of those bands. Uh, Jethro Tull, the first three albums, is a totally different beast than, uh, you, you know, that Songs from the Woodcraft. You know, they were a really heavy blues band. That what, was, what, was what, was the, what was the name of the first three albums? Uh, this Was is their first album, and Stand Up and Benefit. Those are the first three. And then Aqualung was their fourth. I like well, Aqualung. You know, yeah. I, I, I love... I lo- well, I, I like a lot of Jethro Tull, actually, but when they get a little too fruity and, and fluty, uh, you know, I kind of check out. But, uh, but yeah, he said, I believe uh, Jethro Tull went on first, and he saw, he saw him at a club called the Kinetic Playground in Chicago, which isn't even there anymore. But he said, you know, back then there was no barrier, uh, you know, between the stage. Like, he said, you walk right up to the fucking stage. And he said the announcer came out, and it was like two or three weeks before Led Zeppelin one came out, and the the MC came out and announced him and said, uh, "You might know, you know, the next band's a guitar player from the Yardbirds. This is a new band. This is Led Zeppelin." And he said, in between songs, Jimmy Page leaned over to you know to my father and his cousin. He's like, "You guys like this? You know, is it good?" And he said, like in between songs, the girls were just already going to Robert Plant, you know, just fucking screaming. They were all in love with that shit. But he said it was just so mind-blowing because that first legendary record wasn't even out yet. And just to hear, you know, he said he said Jethro Tull was mind-blowing, but then Led Zeppelin and Vanilla Fudge, who he loved. I mean, that's who he went to see was Vanilla Fudge, you know. But he, he said everybody was so blown, like, they could give a fuck less by the time Vanilla Fudge got on stage. Wow. So there you go. Yeah. And, and he also saw at that same place Bill Cosby come out and play drums for Blood, Sweat, and Tears. That's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Bill Cosby's a jazz drummer. 
Wait, wait, no. Oh, you weren't joking. No, no, that's a true story. Wow, that's wild. Yeah. I had no yeah. idea he was in that band. And it, it, yeah, well, he wasn't in the band, but he came out and just like he was in town. He was a fan of the band, you know. And you know, my dad was like at that time he knew Bill Cosby from I Spy, the old TV show. Oh, I know? see, I see. And, and he, but he he knew who Bill Cosby, and he just thought it was weird, like this, you know, here this TV star comes out and plays with you know blood, sweat, and tears. So there you go. Um, well, going back to the story, Vinny a piece. Uh, said that uh, this whole hologram thing with uh, Dio is not his thing. He's he's pretty much against it, I guess. I'm I, torn on it. I'm not I'm not reading the article, by the way. I'm just reading headlines. Right. But, I, I, I'm I'm torn on it. How, I think you said before that you like it. I would totally go see it. Hey, if I'm gonna go see Dio Disciples without Ronnie James Dio, fucking put a video up. Look, let me put it this way: if I go see a concert. Where they show a video of Ronnie James Dio before songs, I'd be just as happy. Look, when I saw Metallica, uh, Robert Trujillo did Anesthesia, and they had a video of Cliff Burton like playing slow motion, and I thought that was amazing. That was no hologram shit; it was just a tribute, and that's that's how yeah. I view it. And plus, you know, I I um I have more things against like sexual transmitted diseases than something stupid like that. You know what I mean? Or, you know, and I was right. just in, and let me tell you something, something disgusting I saw was in Columbia. Man, there's so many homeless dogs out there, it's heartbreaking. And like, Oh, don't say that. Oh my God. Dude, I'm telling you, dude, it was like terrible. The amount of homeless dogs I saw everywhere. So, you know, fuck these little fucking, oh, oh, hologram. Shut up, Ian. All right, so check this dogs, out. Dogs would be fucking. Oh, dude, we saw two dogs fucking, actually. And I'm like, oh, great, more homeless puppies. <laughs> Sounds like something in a Chinese fucking menu. Yeah. Two dogs fucking. <laughs> See, if there were more Chinese restaurants in Colombia, there'd be less homeless dogs. Ouch. Ouch. There goes our Asian market. Yeah. That's more controversy. <laughs> the Misfits. Yes. Jerry Only, Glenn Danzig, and Doyle are doing a one-off concert in Los Angeles. I don't understand this, to tell you the truth. This shit would do business everywhere. Why Why are they limiting this shit? You know? Uh, my guess, and, and I don't know, this, this is just taking a guess, is uh, they can't come to agreements uh, monetarily-wise on a full-blown tour. Because I, I truly think it's totally money-motivated. Like most shit is, but I could give a fuck less because the footage that I saw of the the two previous shows, the one in Denver and the one in Chicago, sounded great. I mean, they had Dave Lombardo on drums, they had AC Slade as a second guitar player, and it just sounded so good. And those songs, man, those songs are so fucking good, you know. And I, I remember going seeing Danzig back in the day. You're always like, oh god, is he gonna play? You know what? Hope you know you're just praying for one misfit song you know a lot of time you didn't even get it but a few times you would but man to to see him up there man fucking do it do a full-blown tour and by all means come to fucking new orleans for christ's sake please i would love to see that are you a misfits fan i love the misfits you kidding me i love them awesome awesome, awesome. um nikki six and 6 a.m announced 10th anniversary of the editions <laughs> of the bullshit diaries uh, memoir and soundtrack album so and it's gonna have extra chapters so that means more bullshit yeah but about if, it. if you read the heroin diaries he already predicted he was gonna do this <laughs> oh did he 
No, I don't know. I would. I didn't read that shit. I did. I, I did. Really? You read I, that shit? I I own it, but I never finished it. So I was very look. As a fiction book, it was all right. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Does he live? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I mean, reading it, it was very... I, I knew I was reading bullshit. I mean, they're, they're... You know, he mostly wrote his diary in his closet. Yeah, he's in his closet all fucked up on heroin, and he wrote the diary while he was in the closet. It was just so, so fucking mad. Yeah, I'm going to write a book called Ian Wadley, The Harvard Years. Yeah. <laughs> and just see if anybody buys that bullshit. Because yeah. I went to I went to community college. Spoiler. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to write a book called <laughs> Doctor Fuck the Faith No More Fanboy Years. <laughs> oh, oh wow! I hope there's a lot of pictures. Yeah, exactly. How uh, I followed Faith No More everywhere <laughs> in my Stone Temple Pilot shirt. Nice. Yeah. D. Snyder. I had to stop headbanging. My neck just ha- about had it. You know, I always fear that about me because I headbang a lot. And look, Tom Araya can't headbang no more. And I know there's a few other people. Uh, you know, I mean, dude. You, and and Dee Snyder was a violent headbanger. You think about it, you know. Yeah. So I I do respect people uh, stepping aside when they feel, you know, if, to keep doing it with with lesser what they do. Hey, go out, leaving people a good memory. As much as I would love to see, uh, you know, because unfortunately I only got to see that Christmas tour fucking crap. You know, I would have loved to have seen him again. But, hey, man, if he can't do it at the level that he takes pride in doing it, I, I got no problem, man. There's plenty of video you can watch, and uh, he's left us enough. And, and plus, the, the biggest thing is you're not writing new music anyway. So, so fuck it. It's a nostalgia act, you know. Exactly. Um, Jakey Lee's Red Dragon Cartel is trying to stir things up a little bit on the second album that's coming out in 2018 called Patina. Um, I wasn't really that enthralled with uh, the first one, so I have a feeling this one may be better because you gotta re- remember, like Jake Lee was pretty much, all right, I'm out of retirement. Let's like shit out this album, even though he had Paul Diano and Robin Zander on it. Right. And I can't say it's a horrible album though, but it wasn't like you know as mind blowing as you know like Bark well, of the Moon or Badlands. You know. I-, I think the hard thing with those like guest albums is they're so, they're so disjointed because you don't have, like, a core nucleus, you know? It's just like, oh, I did this thing over it, you know? When you got, like, a real band and everybody's feeling it and contributing, I think you get a lot more than this special guest shit. But uh, one thing, I don't know if I ever told you about this. You know how I always do the, the cock rock classic or crap? One time I did, uh, <laughs> I, I did Badlands. I think it was Dreams in the Dark. Somebody tagged uh, Greg Chasane. Is that how you pronounce his name? The bass player? Uh, Chason. Chason. <laughs> and he commented on He was pissed that I called it a cock rock classic or crap. He's like, what the fuck is this? A goddamn joke? <laughs> and I was you, like, know, you know, honestly, that was not a cock rock band, but that song pretty much is cock rock. Yeah, and, and I do that sometimes. Judas Priest is not a cock rock band, but... As we just, re, you know, reviewed Turbo, they've done cock rock songs. I mean, you know, you know, there, there's bands that, you know, definitely dip their toes in it that weren't originally cock rock. Uh, and, and I love that song. And, and, and sometimes I put up stuff I love. Sometimes I put up shit I hate. I just throw it out there for, the, you know, the fans to discuss. 
And uh, I'm, I'm sorry he took offense to that, but uh, but uh, hey, for the record, I love the song. You know, I think it's a great track. Right. Well, but not but not very well re- uh, represents what they are. I mean, yeah, you can tell that's the radio hit because I think they're a much harder, bluesier band than that. But if you're going to try to do a commercial song, I, I think it's a damn fine song. I I, lo- I love that song, but it's very it is it it does have that you know of the time type song that was that's why it was the first single and i honestly believe that's why they didn't perform it live much back then because they didn't want to be known as a band right. that writes songs like that right and, and maybe, I, maybe if they would have played it some more they would have stuck around a little bit longer <laughs> well, maybe but you know what it's it's one of my least favorites on the album so um who knows uh, but all right so next story and this is something i i really don't want to say nothing negative about this guy because I've met him on several occasions. He's he's awesome. I love his talent. I love his voice. But Tim Ripper Owens would rejoin Judas Priest because of the friendship with his former bandmates. Uh, you know, I think it's because you're, you're tired of fucking going going to shows in a Volkswagen. You'd like to get back on tour bus. Thank you. Well, well, you know, there have been some people that, you, you know... Uh, saying Hawford doesn't have it anymore. And I think they're thinking maybe if Hawford retires. But I've got a feeling when Hawford retires, Priest is going to retire, you know. I don't think they're going to come back out with Ripper. As much as I love Ripper, he did amazing with them. I've seen him more with Ripper than I've seen him with Hawford, unfortunately. Well, I got to say, Hawford got his voice pretty much back. Not full force, but during right. HOA Retribution Tour, he was terrible. During the Farewell Tour, he was terrible. I saw that last tour and the uh, British Steel anniversary. He was awesome. So he's pretty much like, I guess, been taking care of his voice. And he's, he's got, he, he, he can pull through. My prediction is uh, Judas Priest is going to go when, when, when Glenn Tipton goes. Cause, and I'm not saying the guy's going to die, but he looks like he's in Ill, Ill health. And I think they're trying to knock out a couple more albums before he goes. Because without K.K. Downey and Glenn Tipton, come on. Now, did you see the story about uh, KK reconnecting with Les Binks? Yes, and while I was in Colombia, I actually watched the video on my phone. Oh, cool! I didn't see the video. I just I, I read the article. Yeah, pretty much what you read is what he says in the video. Right, uh, boy, yeah. I, I I would love to see that. I would say my favorite, uh, and I love Scott Travis. I mean, just fucking amazing. But uh, when when I think them, my favorite drummer will always be Les Pitts. Oh yeah, and 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 I love Scott Travis too. But I'll even put Simon Phillips above him because that work on Sin After Sin, holy fuck. But yeah. Les Banks is my favorite drummer of Judas Priest. Right? How how they went from him to Dave Holland? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know, right? That's like going from David Lee Roth to Sammy Hager. No, it's not <laughs> yeah. not that bad, but. No, but I, but I, I mean, he's solid at what he does. But for Priest, I mean, it's like it's like Peter Chris drumming for Slayer. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, I think they need, a, you know, just a, a different, a, a more powerful uh, drummer. You know, uh, and, and I, I love a lot of those Dave Holland albums. But you know, by the end there, it's fucking, you know, it's a computer drumming anyway. So there you go. Plus, plus he fucks retards. Hey, that ain't cool. You know. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that part like is pretty annoying. Yes. All right. Here's something that you and your little fan clan will will not like to hear. Uh oh. Uh, Stephen Pierce he says the next Rat album will be quite a lot different from Infestation. Yeah, and I was wondering what he meant by that because I I'm a huge fan of Infestation. They think it's a uh, great album. 
Yeah, uh, you know, I don't want to hear uh, too, too different because I thought Infestation was perfect in the right direction. I think there's a band not ignoring their past, not trying to say like, hey, we, you know, they didn't do a Generation Swine. They're like, hey, we're going to sound like fucking rat. And, and I loved it. But I am very excited to have uh, Juan back, not only for the background vocals, but for the songwriting. I mean, definitely some of my all-time favorites involved, uh, you know, co-writing with Juan. So, you know, bring it on. I'll buy it. Megadeth Dave Mustaine on Charlottesville's violence. Some people have devoted back to, devolved back into animals. That's about that racist shit that the girl got run over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, uh, and I believe Justin Childers or Childers was driving that car too. He's in a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, he got away from the law because they were looking for Childers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, now it all makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> he, he 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 dodged that bullet by saying, "No, I'm Childers." Oh, wrong guy. He has an alter ego called man who people give a shit about all right here's something i'm very excited about but you're not but then again you always write read the news and you always talk about shitty bands i hate okay bye kansas to release left overture live and beyond in november now it is kind of uh lame that it doesn't have steve walsh and i think there's only maybe two surviving members yeah there's only two left but i saw that tour and i'm seeing it again it's actually coming back and that guy sings just like Steve Walsh. That new violin player is badass. Do they and still have the dude with the eye patch? Yes, he's, he's still... yeah, he's still in the band. Okay, I like and that for visual aspect. Yeah, he's still there. And the drummer. The drummer and him are the last two members left. And uh, I'm excited for that, you know. Hopefully they'll release it on Blu-ray. I would like to see that. Uh, here, here's my positive statement. Kansas, better than REO. All right, there you go. Yeah, you I, I kind of uh, I kind of like disagree though. Really? But, but what can you do? Okay, yeah. I am an idiot. Remember that. But you're mine. All right. Uh, Sammy Hagar. Oh still, fuck. Still sucks. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> this just in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no improvement on Sammy Hagar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, Sammy Hagar is still alive. Son he, of a it says it right here. Stammy Hagar is now in the Guinness World Records of sucking more than anybody has ever sucked in the history of the earth. Oh, and, my God. And he is still sucking as good as ever. You got to you gotta, you gotta hand it to him, man. He is consistent. Yes, yes, he consistently sucks. Now, I love this one because I, I love, you see, here's the thing. Uh, uh, I guess Sammy Hagar would be the exception one, but when somebody is universally hated, I always like stand by them, especially if I like their music. And I love this quote from Mr. Gene Simmons, the most hated man in rock. Yes. Doesn't regret attempting to trademark the horn de- uh, hand gestures. I regret nothing. Fuck yeah, Gene. You tell him. Fuck I like him. that. And Fuck. still, the, the nicest, uh, the nicest. Yeah, remember a kiss I met. Yeah, very, I met I awesome. met him too. I met him too. He was very very nice. Uh, there's a a movie for Black Sabbath, The End of the End. I guess it's a concert film. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the last show. I don't give a flying fuck about that. Uh, but and, before before we go on, uh, uh, something to add to the Gene Simmons kiss related is this big news about uh, Vinnie Vincent appearing at the uh, 
at the uh, Atlanta Kiss Convention, and you are going to this? Well, I want to go now, but uh, let's see what my vacation status is. Dude, I actually had to go back to work yesterday. I took yesterday off, but I was like, dude, I don't think I have enough time even for the pod expo if I take today off. So I ended up going to work. So I, I can squeak by, but I think I'm going to be at zero when I get back. So it depends how much vacation time I save up. Uh, if I if I get to go or not, I want to go. Have so. you met Vinny? No, I never met Vinny Vincent. Yeah, I, I I've met him, so I'm I'm not traveling for this. Uh, but I, I mean, to the people excited about it, I hope he shows up. Uh, if you've listened to past episodes, like I said, if you're gonna have him sign something that has other Kiss signatures on it, like hold your hand on it where he signs it, so he doesn't sign over everybody's name because that's what he did to my history book. It's it's the biggest fucking signature by far. It's just like you you, you know you can feel the venom when he did it. Like fuck the like fuck y'all cops, Gene Simmons. You know, god damn it. But well, the, uh, the only reason I'm going is because I am a big fan of Lick It Up, and uh, what better tranny to fuck than somebody that that uh, you like their music. He's he's very very small. Very effeminate, <laughs> but uh, I was never a big fan of King Cobra. Or, you know, Life of Agony, somewhat, you know, a little <laughs> bit. But, but you know, I, I really like Lick It Up. So there, I finally can find a tranny with talent that I like to fuck. God, how awesome would that be if he comes out, uh, you know, at the expo and comes out like as a uh, as a transgender, like dressed as a woman? You know, like, that'd be like, like the chick Robert De Niro raped in Cape Fear. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Oh, yeah. I love it. Ileana Douglas. I love her. Yeah. <laughs> Those All eyes. Right. Here's something that I, I, I'm not reading the article. Maybe you read it and you can expand on it. But I, I, okay. found it, I found it a little like, whoa. Ted Nugent calls Donald Trump a great man. No surprise. But right. says Kid Rock ain't running for squat. What does that mean? Did you read uh, this article? Yes, yes. Uh, there was... Rumors to the effect that uh, Kid Rock was running for Senate in Michigan, his home state, and uh, Ted Nugent just said he isn't. Uh, he, he he said, you know, it, it would be great, but he said that it's not happening. That this. Oh, is, uh, okay. He he's saying that uh, this was something engineered by the GOP, the Republicans in uh, Michigan, because they thought it would help their case. Because you know, generally up around Michigan, Wisconsin. Illinois, you know, where I was born and raised is primarily uh, Democratic. Now, they did turn their backs on Hillary because Hillary turned their backs on them and voted Republican, which is odd uh, for that part of the country. But I, I think they're thinking like, hey, look, look, this game show host is the fucking president, you know. Maybe we can win some seats if we get this guy to go because people know him uh, from television and everything. Uh, I've seen conflicting reports as far as, you know, is he, isn't he? I saw one that said he wasn't. I saw one that says he was. I mean, uh, I mean, who knows? I, I, I mean, I seriously doubt he is or that he would make it that far. But fuck, I said the same thing about Trump. So you never know. Well, you know, Corey Taylor had something to say about it, but who gives a fuck? <laughs> yeah, and I read that too. <laughs> yeah, fuck him. Uh, Sebastian Bach. Uh, I actually read this article at work last night. Uh, reacts to Scotty Hill's comments about Classic Skid Row reunion. Did you read this article? Yes, I did. Yes, boy, I did. Boy, you know 
You know now Sebastian Bach is beyond desperate to be in Skid Row, where his reply was kind of like, hey, look, it's a sticky situation. I want to talk about it. Right. Well, I, I, I think I think what he put up was more of like, a, hey, why is this guy dogging me? Look, we just took this fucking picture. Yeah, yeah. Where, where if you read the article, uh, you know, Scotty Hill is, is like, there's no fucking way he's coming back. We just want happiness in the band, and that wouldn't happen if he was there. But he did go on to praise yeah. uh, the shit out of Sebastian. Uh, again, it just it really makes me wonder. It's like, was Skid Row that good with their money that they don't need to do this? Which I have heard that uh, particularly, you know, the man who runs everything, Rachel Bolin, uh, was so good with his money. He, he just simply doesn't need it. But it's, it's like, is Sebastian that fucking bad? And I can I can see, like, I, you know, I've seen interviews at one point where I'm like, man, this this dude's cool as shit. But then I was like, man, could I be on a bus with him for eight months, you know, without wringing his neck? But it's just like, it. you want to talk about just career suicide by not getting back together with him, which, I mean, let, let, let's be honest. It's not going to be, you know, they're not going to be filling stadiums. But still, I mean, I mean, the money they could make alone by playing the festival circuit in Europe alone would be, you know, staggering. I mean, look how many people go to the stadium to see fucking a half-assed Guns N' Roses reunion. I, I think they could make some decent coin, but uh, but they just will not do it. You know? I don't. I don't see it being big. I see it being big in the initial reunion, but then it'll taper off because they really yeah. were. I mean, they. The thing about Skid Row was they were huge with the first album. The second album, even though I think it's way better, um, it did not really translate well with the, you know, the love, because there's no love songs. And it did well, but, you know, after that it just died. I know the hair band, I mean, the grunge thing took effect as well. But I think that Skid Row, if they were to uh, reunite today, it wouldn't be as big as 91 and 89. It'll be like maybe a... Uh, theater sh- a theater tour, you know? Yeah, I mean, but it would definitely be bigger than what Skid Row's doing now. Or what Sebastian's doing now. Of course. And I, I think Sebastian's even doing more business than Skid Row, you know? Because people want to hear that fucking voice, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Quiet Riot's drummer, Frankie Benali, who I happen to love. Right. Uh, great guy, I've met him. He's fucking awesome. Isn't bothered by negative opinions if the source is incredible, then I simply don't care. Now, we all know, Ian, we all know there's nothing more credible than you and I. Right. But, uh, but I love the guy. I ain't going to comment on that. Right. All right. Let's see. Uh, uh, Adam Lambert. <laughs> I'll talk about him before fucking Corey Taylor. <laughs> Says, first couple of months touring with Queen was terrifying. Yeah, it was for me, too. All right. Let's see what else we got. Here. Um... Uh, Annihilator performed new song Twisted Lobotomy at Bloodstock Open Air. I haven't listened to it, but then again, I'm very afraid to because I love Annihilator and they've been very much disappointing me for a while now. You like Annihilator? Uh, I, I like I like what I've heard, but I don't. I really don't know a lot outside of uh, Alice in Hell. Yeah, uh, I, I loved Alice in Hell. I loved... Um, <laughs> Uh, the second one, uh, Never Neverland. Neverland, yeah. Uh, Set the World of Fire had its moments. Then after that, it was a bunch of bullshit. And then he released a really great album called Criterion of Black Widow. And then it was just 
whatever after that. Amazing guitar player, by the way. Jeff yeah, Waters. no, Jeff Waters is yeah. by far the best thrash guitarist ever. And, yeah. oh, King of the Kill was good. What am I talking about? Refreshing Demons. Yeah, he released uh, a handful of good things after. But, man, I haven't heard anything good from them since Criteria, I think, since 2000. Matthias Jabs on yes. Kita, on Kita Group Longevity. We don't sound like an oldies band. Oh, yes, you do. I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. You, you know, you know why? Because you haven't done anything good since the oldie stuff. You know, I'm going to see the Scorpions though. By the way, with my brother, with the with Megadeth, and uh, never and I, seen them. Never seen the Scorpions. Oh, they're great. They're great live. They're amazing live. You know, so uh, you know they don't have no new album. I don't think, right? Uh, not that I know of. I mean, the last one uh, that Sting of the Tail or yeah, something. Yeah. I I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Scorpions, man. I, I, I love the Scorpions. I respect the Scorpions. But they've put out so much shit, I think it's kind of tainted their legacy a little bit, you know? Yeah, but, but no, not really, dude. Look, they're, st- they're, they're still doing well for a band that hasn't released anything good in decades. Right, but, but I, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I wish they would stop putting out subpar albums because I, I, I don't know. When a band keeps putting out shitty album after shitty album of, of new shit that nobody cares about and people are just going to hear the old shit I mean you do become a nostalgia band and I think it, it taints the legacy just just my opinion and I'd like to also add that I know there's a couple people shaking their fists going you never heard Unbreakable <laughs> yes I heard it sucks alright let's go on Billy Sheehan talks changes in music industry many great bands got ripped off and ignored and abused and lied to well, yeah, that's why there's downloading now because there's this thing called Karma and Karma pretty much just, well, yeah, it took down the bands too, but all these record executives that fucking like pretty much lived off fucking other bands hard work, now ain't making no more money. So uh, everybody goes down and ship there. What do you think? Yeah, true story. Uh, yeah, it's a shame that bands, you know, even when you look back at, at you know, the height of the music business, it's called music business, not music fun. Uh, you know, record companies always ripped off the bands. A lot of these bands you think should be fucking millionaires, you know, they'd get off tour and be broke. And that's unfortunate. And I think the problem is it uh, it prevents new bands from starting up because there's there's no money in it. And all you get left when there's people not starting new bands you get left with what you have on the radio now. You have some song doctor somewhere writing some bubblegum rehash shit, and you get a good-looking dude or chick to fucking sing it, but it's it's soulless, it's ballless, it's mindless, and it's bad for music in general, but there's still plenty of people out there that'll buy that fucking garbage, but you don't see many people starting up a rock and roll band anymore or, uh, you know, a, a heavy metal band. I mean, there are exceptions. Uh, but then it's so hard to even, uh, you know, you got to search these people out these days, you know, because yeah. uh, you don't have that push, you know, of, of MTV and the record companies. And I mean, that shit, for, for better or worse, it at least got people exposure, you know, to, to hear the masses because so many people just if they got to do work like, oh, I got to look for shit. Oh, fuck that, you know. And, and, and it's bad for music in general. That's why you see all this bubblegum shit taking over more now than it ever has, you know? 
And I think last year they said is the first year that uh, that rap has beaten rock and roll in record sales. And uh, but the majority of the sales now you see are uh, of like physical sales are vinyl now, which is kind of cool. But that shows you just how much people don't you know buy CDs anymore. But the number one sale is like kids just buying a you know a certain song off of iTunes. That's more popular now because that music lends itself to the singles. I, I mean, I remember DJing as a teenager buying cassette singles because I wasn't going to buy a full album of that crap I had to play, you know? And and that's how these people are, you know? But you and me, we love album rock. I mean, that's what we were raised on. That's, you know, you know, we, we like to put on an album and listen to it start to finish, you know? Where yeah. kids would kids with this disposable shit they just want to hear that one song they hear on their shitty fucking station or you know they've seen the video on youtube and uh it's it's just it's a sad state right now you know because i I really think we're about you know 10 15 years of all the shit we love those fuckers are going to be dead or retired who's going to take their spot i mean i mean really well that's life dude i mean remember like you know uh, remember right. the people that were into Lawrence Welk and Benny Goodman? Who do they have now? You know, I mean, it, it all right. dies out, you know? Right. I hate to say it. I know metal will live on after we die. It's not going to be a Benny Goodman type thing, you know? It's like, but um, it will never be as popular as it was at one time. It's just a way of life. But um, you know what's more annoying than rap selling more than rock now? People people that get annoyed by it. Thank you. <laughs> all righty. All right, last story. Because you know why it's the last story? Because I'm on page 20 and I can't click to the next one. It just goes up to 20. And it is the very last story on page 20. Phil Lewis says attendance has been up for LA Guns reunion shows with Tracy Guns. Really? Wow. How? Why? Stacy Blades wasn't cutting it or something? Give me a break. It's Tracy Guns. It's LA Guns. Hello. And the only two people that matter in that band is fucking Phil Lewis and Tracy. Come on. Uh, Kelly Nichols matter, Mike Kripnik, uh matter, Nick Cripps. or or what's his name? Uh, that Steve guy Riley. That, Steve Riley, that fucking weird motherfucker. Um, that guy's a hack. I'm sorry. Who's I don't. Steve, th- Steve Riley? Yeah, man. What, what what has he done that's like mind blowing? Seriously. Not, I wouldn't say mind blowing. I I think he's. Uh, you know, he's just he, he's a regular he's, drummer. He doesn't. He's overdo, just but, there. But he's been on a lot of albums I like, so I'll give him that, you know. Well, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll accept that theory. You I, know, I, I love what he did with Wasp. I, I love the, the GNR he was on. and uh, I liked, I liked uh, my favorite Wasp albums didn't feature him. My favorite Wasp album was the first one in Headless Children. He's on all the ones in between that. And they were good albums. I'm not saying they suck. Right. But they, they weren't, to me, the best Wasp albums. Right, but, and, uh, and, and, and I mean, none of the Wasp albums, uh, you know, I think you're like, wow, the drummer. You know, it's all about the songs that Blackie wrote, no, you know? No, I thought fucking Frankie Minnelli was badass, and what's his name from the first album? Tony Richards. Yeah, that was a good drumming I like. Oh, uh, yeah, Hallian yeah. and shit like that. Right. You know. Well, well, that brings an end to the news. And a start to the review. Yes. What is it we reviewed? Sir Lord Baltimore. Who's this? Yes. Boss? This one is for Mr. William Ortiz. 
Thank you, William. And one of us didn't enjoy it, and the other one did. Yeah, and, and what a what a weird pick, and what a weird album, and fuck it, let's get into it. There we go. All right, now it's time to review the 1970 album by a band called Sir Baltimore. And Sir name, Lord Baltimore. Sir Lord Baltimore, and the, and the name of the album is Kingdom Come. And yes. um, I've known about this band. I don't think I've ever heard them, but I've known about them. I think Ruben De La Rosa. I love that guy. Uh, told me about them. I mean, I've, I've read about them, and uh, you know, it's one of those early heavy bands and shit. So I never really got around to hearing them. And like that band Dust, I want to look into them too. With Marky Ramon, they're supposed to be like heavy too. So yeah, I finally got to hear this, and uh, you'll see what I, I think of this shit. And uh, Ian heard it too, and Ian warned me. And with, with <laughs> Ian warning me, I was like, huh, probably good. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna love this. Yeah, it looks like I is. He hates this shit. It might be good. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I discovered it this morning. As far as like the first time I heard it was this morning. And I took notes, and uh, and boy, let me tell you, man, I was telling Ian, I've had a rough day yesterday. <laughs> I, I've slept, like, I don't know, way over 13 hours. And uh, in that little patch of sleeping, I woke up and heard this, took notes, but went right back to sleep. And I'm still fucking tired. So, uh, yeah, that's all I got to say for the intro of this one. Oh, and it's also... <laughs> Somebody paid for this. Yes, yes. William J. Ortiz paid for this one. And uh, he wanted to pick out something he thought was an overlooked, underrated gem. And this is definitely, much like you, Ralph, I have heard about them. And I've read about them like in classic rock, uh, that they were very influential uh, in the early heavy metal scene. But just like you, never heard the shit. And you know, when he sent me uh, the request, I was like, okay, well, I got to find that. So I went to my good buddy, Mr. X, and got a copy, and I saw the album cover, and I was like, ooh, I like, I like the album cover. You know, it just like looks, it looks like the music is going to be good. And we actually were going to record this a couple weeks ago, so I listened to it then, and it was one of those, I was in that mood where sometimes you just don't want to work at it you know what i mean when it's an album that you have to learn and take notes like ah uh, it makes i always feel... feel that way dude unless yeah. i buy it and somebody, <laughs> I, you know it, it, it's always just like this let me tell you man and i hate to be a fucking no i don't hate to be one but seriously <laughs> i can't wait till this expo's done with i can't wait till these requests are done with i'm just tired man of learning these fucking albums i'm tired it's that it's because i have limited time as it is so I have to sit, and, and, and most of these things I, I learn at work. You know, when I have downtime at work, I'll listen to it and take notes at work. But I'm just, today I did it. I, this is the, the most tiring one yet, because I was tired before I even uh, took notes, you know? So I'm kind of like, man, I, I want this to be over. Please, if there's an expo next year, kiss my ass. I'm not <laughs> doing it. We're, we're, not, we're not doing it, Ian. I'm half of the show. I let you do it this year. Next year, no, no. You're not allowed. Sit down. <laughs> All righty then. Well, uh, yeah, what I was getting at is, is some days it does seem like work. And then it's it's hard sometimes when, when you're not in that right frame of mind uh, to accept something. 
uh, you don't know. And that's what it was. The first day I listened to this, it's like, I really didn't want to, like, learn something. And I heard it, and I, I think I was just in a bad headspace. Because I'm like, this is fucking horrible. This is the worst shit I ever heard. God damn it. Why did he request this? You know, but of course, we're going to honor it. I mean, I mean, we are bitching a little bit, but man, you know, I can't believe all the money we raised. It is amazing. But, you know, back up what Ralph's saying, it is now August. We've done nothing but fan requests since March. Jesus <laughs> so, Christ. Yes, yes. I mean, but that shows you how many people, and, and we're still not done. We no. still got like five or six episodes left. I know. We, it's like, please and, call it off already. And, and we and we will honor it. We will we will do all of them. But uh, but yeah, it's been a long time since you know Ralph and I have been able to pick something you know that we're passionate about. But you know, in, in honor of, of what you did, like, like I said, we're gonna do it. But some days, you know, it's just you're just like, ah. And man, that's how it was the first time I heard this. And even we didn't know which one we were gonna do today. We thought we might do another future one that's coming up. So I listened to that one. I'm like, oh, I hope Ralph picks that one to do today because I don't want to hear that fucking Sir Lord Baltimore shit again. Uh, but I listened to it today, and maybe or maybe not, my opinion changed. But uh, yeah, it's still it's a fresh listen to me. So these are this is going to be a shorter review because we have no history with it. It's just straight up. What do we think of this track or that track? And uh, that's what you're going to get today with an angry and tired Doctor Fuck. <laughs> yeah, very, very angry and tired. All right, well, Ralph, why don't you take the first track, uh, Master Harding. Master Harding, this fucking rules! Distorted guitar, real fuzzy-sounding bass, drumming going off, and the singer's pretty cool. I love pure heavy garage rock, and I did this song. This is up my alley. That's what I think of this one. <laughs> wow. I didn't see that one coming. And I was tired, <laughs> grumpy, and I was like, I like this. <laughs> All right. Um, well, this is one that, man, my opinion did not change on it. When I first heard it, I'm like, what the fuck? And it sounds like three guys all playing a different song. And the singer, oh my God. I, I think that's that's what really ruins this band for me is the singer. Uh and, and he's a drumming singer, which you don't see very much because, I mean, it's hard to do to keep a different oh, tempo. Oh, shit. This guy's the drummer? Yes, this guy's the drummer. Man, he's an awesome drummer, man. Uh, he is. I mean, this guy is all over the fucking Yeah, kid. yeah, he's badass. Uh, yeah, and, and also the singer. So what, and, there are three-piece? Yeah, there are three-piece, yeah, three uh, you know, and, and just a little background on this band. They started out in uh, Brooklyn and... Uh, Eddie Kramer had, had uh, I believe he mixed this album, took an interest in the band. All the songs are co-written by one of the co-producers and their co-manager, Mike uh, Apple, who would, uh, or Appeal, would later go on to manage Bruce Springsteen. Uh, but they just did these two, and really they only had a local following. And then the drummer and guitar player got back together uh, in 2006. And, and they became a Christian band. The bass player didn't uh, didn't partake because he just quit music altogether. By all accounts, never picked up a bass again. Uh, but they reformed, and I believe Tony Franklin even played with them for a short time. Wow. 
Uh, you know, Tony Franklin's been Blue Murder, The Firm, all kinds of shit. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, when they got back together, all the lyrics were Christian-based and uh, weird. You know, but you know, I saw him. Uh, you know who I saw Tony Franklin with? Uh, what was the guy that um, that opened for the last Van Halen tour? The guitar player? Oh, the one you saw, what was that? The, the young Kenny Wayne Shepherd? Yeah, he was his bass player. Wow. Yeah, that was cool. Right on. Uh, but yeah, but but I mean, they were considered, you know, forerunners to, to a lot of the music that we do love and talk about. But yeah, and this first song, man, just sounded like a mess to me. And I wanted to like, this is a band that I want to like more than I actually do. But I will say my opinion has changed on some songs since uh, my first listen, because I was in a better mood today. Uh, I'm, I'm not tired because I slept my ass off yesterday. <laughs> and uh, so I think my opinion could possibly change even more on this band. It's just a question of whether or not I, you know, go back to it or not. Uh, but, but this song, there's parts I like about it, but it just sounds so, so disjointed. It, it really prevented me from... Uh, you know, full-fledged, like, yeah, right on. But uh, but Ralph liked it. Well, Ralph, what do you think of the next one, Hard Rain Fallen? Well, I think this is the best one. Hard Rain Fallen is my favorite track I heard. And, you know, honestly, I only listened to this once. So I'm judging by the first listen. And this is a smoking track. It's fast-paced. I love this bass player. Jamie doesn't play anymore. And the drummer is fucking kicking ass on this track. I'm willing to bet he had the sniffles while recording this track. Uh, I really liked it. I really liked fucking Hard Rain Fallen. I thought it was the best track on the album. I mean, for on on a for on a one list. All right. Well, you definitely liked it better than me. Uh, you know, look, looking at my notes uh, again, like what I said with the previous track, I want to like it more than I actually do, and I think they need to just let the drummer drum. And, and get a get a different singer, and uh, I think a producer would help here too, because uh, there's there's some stuff that sounds really good, but it's, it's kind of buried in the mix a little bit. You really gotta, uh, you know, you really gotta listen to hear some of the stuff going on, because there is some amazing instrumentation. That drummer is the drummer and singer is incredible. On uh, some stuff, I think he kind of almost overdoes it, but he's definitely got talent. Uh, and, and, and the guitars on some songs, I find it very cool and very, very interesting. And, and sometimes it just sounds like a fucking mess. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm not feeling this one as much as you. But I'll take the next one, which is Lady of Fire. And when this one came on, on the second listen, I was like, yep, yep, uh, more the same. I, I mean, I feel the same about every song. The singer's voice is getting on my fucking nerves. It just sounds disjointed. And I like like a garage band type sound. But this is just like too bad. I could almost see this being more of an inspiration to punk uh, than metal. <laughs> Except the musicianship is on a higher level than most punk. But that's what it sounds like sonically. I've actually heard punk records with better production than this. And I find it hard to believe that Eddie Kramer was involved in this because, you know, he had such a stellar track record that sonically, to me, was a lot better than this. So, not a fan of Lady of Fire. 
Uh, I love it. I like I like how uh, I like how he screams fire in the beginning. I was like, yeah, this is gonna be good. Uh, I think it's another killer tune. Uh, the singer sounds pretty insane on this song. I think it's a fun song. It's kind of fun sounding, and uh, I don't know. I think I and, and I think the placement's good. Even though I was telling Ian earlier uh, on YouTube, the track listing is all different, and that's how I listen to it. Even though Ian sent me it. I mean, I'm sorry, Mr. X sent me it, and um, I listened to it, and then I took notes, and then I, for some reason, I looked at the folder to see if there was any bonus tracks or something, and I noticed all the tracks were, were, were not in order, so I had to, like, cut and paste and put them in order, but, uh, yeah, dude, I dug Lady of Fire, good song. Right on, all right, well, I'll take the next one, Lake Isle of Inner's Free, uh, Wow, is this a fucking change of pace. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, on this one, the singer's not uh, screaming. He's actually singing. And I like his voice on this one. Uh, you know, I had to check uh, the, the credits because I was like, is this somebody else? It kind of sounds like the you know the guy singing on the first three songs. But but definitely, like, you know, slower and, and, and more like a singing style than a screaming because on some of these, this guy's just screaming. Uh, and musically, it it sounds like something from the fucking uh, monsters, like 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 a harpsichord through it. I think it is, or some kind of like like weird sounding piano. I know there was a lot of multi tracking on this album, which is weird for an album that is so underproduced. Uh, you know, they took all the time to multi track this shit, but uh, but really didn't like get it to sound good, in my opinion. But. Uh, this song I really fucking dug on the second listen. I hated everything on this album, the first listen. But this one on the second one, I was like, you know what, that ain't too fucking bad. I mean, it's different. I, it's definitely different, I think, than anything else on the record. Uh, but I like it. What do you think, Ralph? Uh, hey, uh, is that the Partridge Family's mom on keyboards? <laughs> what the fuck is this doing on a dirty garage rock album? <laughs> Talk about a left turn on the Partridge Family bus. <laughs> Actually, yeah, just to keep to the tradition, I don't like this one, and Ian does. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, this shit sounds so dated, and it sounds to me like not not the monsters. Well, I guess I can hear the monsters too, but but there's nothing creepy about it. So it sounds like kind of it sounds very Partridge Family. I I, I don't I don't dig it. I thought this was uh. A song that just doesn't belong on here. Just keep it all dirty garage rock, you know? And if you're going to do something, uh, pick up an acoustic guitar and stop with the Partridge Family shit. But, you know, I mean, just goes to show it's 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 of the time. And the Partridge Family, I believe, was big in 1970. <laughs> doesn't somebody want to be loved? <laughs> yeah, but it's like, goddamn, who is that? Laurel, what's her name? Yes. Uh, Susan Day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I was or, or, to... or no, no, the mom. Uh, fuck, I, I can't. Yeah, I was, I was trying to think of her, her Partridge family name. Mama, yeah, Mama Par Partridge. Yeah, Mrs. Partridge. <laughs> All right, next song is called "Pump Up." Pumped up. Yes. Uh, this one is a tinge sporadic, I would say, even for them. <laughs> but I can hang. Just seems pretty disjointed. Uh, the out of the mind vocals on this is pretty cool but the second half I feel they all caught up to each other the middle section is pretty badass as well as the solo 
You know, the rest I feel the drugs these guys were on fucked up the first half and then met up on the second half. So I, I really dig the second half of the song, but the first half is a little too all over the place for me. I mean, on first listen, that's how I feel. Uh, man, this sounded like a, a punk version of Iron Maiden to me because it is so fucking repetitive. I don't think a chorus has been repeated this much in a song since The Angel and the Gambler. Okay. God damn. Pumped up, pumped up, pumped up, pumped up, pumped up. <laughs> you know what I mean? I kept thought he was saying fucked up. I was like, well, that's kind of cool, but man, he's being repetitive. Then I looked at the title. I'm like, oh, he's saying pumped up. <laughs> it was cooler when he was saying fucked up. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, this, uh, like, what you said about it being disjointed is how I felt, you know, about the first three tracks. Just kind of, like, all over the place. It sounds almost like you're recording somebody's practice and, and, and not an album. Like, like this is three, three guys and only one of the guys knows the songs and the rest are trying to figure them out, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's how I felt, like, in the, in the beginning. I was like, hey, man, catch up, everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, we're playing Pumped Up. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this they one. got a little uh, sidetracked by the Partridge family now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you need Reuben Kincaid to come in there and whip these fuckers yeah, into yeah, shape. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Reuben Kincaid. I love that guy. Uh, but yeah, yeah, not a fan of this one. But then we go into a song that I really changed my mind about, and that is the title track, Kingdom Come. Uh, you know, you know, a lot of this album made me wish I was listening to Kingdom Come. But this fucking song, man, I don't know how I missed it the first time. Again, I think it goes to, you know, where your mood is. Are you receptive to something new? Especially by a band you've never even heard, you know? Because uh, the first time, I was like, couldn't wait for it to get over. And today, I, I, I didn't want the song to end. Because I was like, now this, I really really fucking like uh it is the longest song on on the album uh but it doesn't feel like it uh at six minutes 35 seconds i mean it just sounds really good everybody's on point on this song uh got the same groove going and it's got a creepy little vibe to it um i wouldn't say sabbath sounding but it's more like in a groove like sabbath had where a lot of this stuff is, like I said, almost like like proto-punk. You, you know, more I, I think more punk than metal. But this has definitely got the groove, the pocket to it. And uh, I would most uh, definitely come back to this song, if nothing else. What do you think, Rob? Oh, yeah, I think this one is kick-ass. It's pompous in a cool way. And I think it is kind of bad, I admit. But it's the type of bad, like, Kiss Meets the Phantom. It's so it's so bad. It's great. The riff I feel is a little too rep, uh, repetitious and bad, but in a good way. It's a cool tune in a bad way. That's the best, <laughs> best way I can describe this song. It's like I I think it's bad, but you know it's, it's so bad it's good. That that's the best way I can uh, uh, describe the title track. I, I love it. Even when we agree, we disagree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I actually do. Yeah, we, we both like it for different reasons. <laughs> right, you know? right, right. Um, right. But the next one, <clears throat> I Got a Woman. <laughs> oh, boy. This one is fucking boring. This song just goes nowhere and not digging it much. Uh, except, again, the middle section jam part is pretty badass. 
At least it's not bad as uh, I want a woman from Rat. I mean, hey, I love it. So. Okay. I want a woman, not some little girl. You know how I can I cannot identify with that again. I want yes, a little girl, not a woman. Remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> now you know why I don't like it. <laughs> All right. Uh, what, what do you think of a, I got a woman? Wow. I I, I cannot believe. We're even friends as, as much as we disagree on it. Because I heard this one, I was like, "This is another one." I was like, "Yeah, a good groove on well, this." Well, I one. think, I think, I think the reason we're friends is, and, and it's because of Sammy Hagar. So he's good for something. Yeah, yeah. Our hatred unites yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything else pales in comparison <laughs> for our hate for Sammy Hagar. Yeah. Oh yeah, not. I mean, this one really almost made me rethink. You know this whole album. Like, do I need to start over fresh uh, with this album? Because coming off of Kingdom Come, which which I, I didn't is my favorite track on the album. Um, you know, and then I heard this one, and I was like, okay, I'm getting into it more. But you know, again, with albums like this, we're not familiar with. Our opinions will change, just like our opinions change on albums we've known for 30 years. You know, like Ralph, you go back and forth. You know. Killers or Iron Maiden, you know, depends on the day. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you didn't like uh, Fair Warning on first listen. Yeah. You know, so opinions do change, and I, I definitely warmed up a little bit more. But like, this is one that really said, "Hey, maybe I just need to like sit down because I'm I'm listening to this, but I'm doing stuff, you know, and taking little notes here and there, and then going back to doing stuff." But this song, that groove just got me so good. I was like. Man, maybe we just need to sit down, shut up, and listen to the rest of this record. Because I, I, I really dug it. Not as good as, as Kingdom Come or, or the Partridge Family song, but I digs it. All right. All right. Hellhound well, is the next one. Yeah, Hellhound. All right, you lost me again. <laughs> right away. As soon as I got sucked back in, you pushed me back out. Uh, this one did absolutely nothing for me. Uh, it kind of... You know, fall, falls in line with, with the other stuff that you love that I didn't like. So chances are you're going to love this song, but it was lost on me. What do you think? You got that right, Snappy. This one <laughs> rules. Woman is a hellhound screaming like a wild child. I guess I like it because I dated many hellhounds that would scream like wild child. Two thumbs up on this one. I like it a lot. I'll go to the next one. Helium right. head. I gotta love. Hell yeah. Helium head. The title alone <laughs> rules. Another winner. I would say the catchiest of the batch. And probably my second favorite on first listen. But then again, maybe if I listen to this more, I'll end up hating it. And Ian will end up loving it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I love it. I love it. But that's never that's never been the case in the history of me. I've never listened to an album where later on I'm like, God, that not good anymore it's dated I've, I've heard people say that and I you know when I hear shit I say god that sounds dated believe me when it was new I didn't like it so um, I've never there's never been an album I love that I ended up not liking because of it not keeping up with the times because I'll give you a good example I, I, I could be wrong but I think it was Stephen Kirsch that said it and forgive me Stephen if it wasn't if it wasn't you Somebody on the rock was talking about how dated Metal Health is uh, from um, from Quiet Riot, and I guess it is because you know I mean, 
but I still love the fuck out of that album, dated or not. You know, I just think it's a great fucking album. And, you know, I just, you know, the, the the one song that I was never really like, you know, let's get crazy was like whatever. Even back then, like listen to let's get crazy now, it's like yeah, that's dated sounding. But I never liked it. You know, I never really was a good big fan of that one. And I remember like all my friends, I wanna kiss your face, my lips, not the ones on your face. Ooh, that's killer, you know. And I was like, yeah, that is kind of cool, but that dan, 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 over and over. And that's a song Quiet Ride still plays live. But uh, yeah, that's just my point. Whatever. I just went off track there. But, you know, what would our show be if we stay on track? That's right. What and do you think of Helium Head? Uh, Helium Head just came and went for me. It's kind of... I don't even have anything witty or bad to say about it. It just kind of fell between the cracks, which isn't a good sign. You know, I was thinking, listening to Helium Head, I was like, is this an instrumental? Because the singer came in much, like, much later. It was just jamming. And all of a sudden he came out. You know, I was like, oh, I thought this was going to be an instrumental. But still, right. go ahead. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't... Like I said, it, there was nothing about the song that I'm like, oh, God, i got to write down how bad this sucks. But then again, there was nothing that was that good about it that I had to write down how great it is. But kind of going back to what you were saying about, you know, uh, albums that you liked and then didn't like, uh, I would say an example for me would be the Black Album. But it has nothing to do with sounding dated. It's just one of those things where I was so like, oh my God, oh my God, new Metallica, new Metallica. I I, I listened to it nonstop and, and then... You know, within a couple of months, I was like, eh, this, this doesn't hold up. You know, I think I was just wanted new metal. And I think there's, you know, shit, you know. I, I remember I didn't love uh, Hot in the Shade when it first came out, but I sure played the fucking shit out of it just because it was the new Kiss album. But, you know, then again, quickly, that was one that I stopped listening to, <laughs> you know. Sometimes you just get so excited about something because it's a new release, but... As far as something sounding sounding dated, usually I, I never have that because, uh, you know, of a fondness for an era. Like, like I love the way metal sounded at the, the, the time uh, Metal Health came out, you know. So anything that sounds like that, I'm going to love because I love that sound. Yeah, yeah. Now, there, there is certain stuff from, I would say, between 86 and 90. Uh, that is very dated sounding because of keys or electronic drums. I mean, between 86 and 90, that's when that shit really came in. Now, there is some of that I can go back and listen to, like, wow. You know, when it came out, I, I didn't even have the ears to know, you know, the difference between electronic drums and real drums. And when I got into more, you know, like production and, and like, you know, just paying more attention to music, now certain stuff comes out of, oh, obviously that's fucking, you know, robot drums. That's not the real thing. And and these keys didn't bother me when they came out because it was of the time. But now it sounds so much like bad 80 keys that I just don't like in general now. So I have had that kind of thing. But usually once I love something, I, I, I love it for life, you know. And, well, I, and I could give you an example. And this is something I've never liked. And I know a lot of people are going to get mad at me, but dude, if you don't agree, because I know you love this artist, uh, okay. you're fooling yourself. Something that sounds extremely dated, because I drive around in a city truck listening to radio, 
when doves cry by fucking Prince at it sounds so 80s and so like you don't hear that sound anymore in anything. Oh yeah, yeah, but that's that's 80s. I, I I love, but I agree, it is of the time. It is very dated sound. Yes, yes, I I, I love it, but I, I know exactly what you're saying. Nobody really, uh, you know, puts out an album that sounds like that. Now there's a couple of bands that try to be retro, but most of them just can't pull it off, you know, because if if you just have that sound but you don't have the song behind it. Uh, you just sound silly, in my opinion. And I think a lot of the retro bands, especially ones that have been trying to do the 80s shit lately, uh, a lot of them fall because you just don't have a good song. You're just trying to use that, you know? But I t- t- I'll, I'll tell you who did an 80s sounding song that works because it's comedy and it's so funny, it's awesome, is, uh, I don't know if you've heard it, it's Tenacious D to be the best. It is, you've got, I have a video for it, it's hilarious, but... They had like those little like Miami Vice drums and uh, that keyboard, that dated keyboard. But you know, you know they're doing it as a goof, so it's kind of fun to listen to. Right. As but yeah, when they try to be serious, it's it's like oh, this sucks. Right. And, and an, <clears throat> excuse me, another one that really caught my ears, and I was like, wow, they just fucking nailed it on this. Was uh, Steel Panther on the song uh, Bukaki Tears. Yeah. Uh, oh my God, the solo on that, uh, just the sound of it is so, so fucking like White Snake '87, you know, and, and everything that came out around that time. I mean, I just couldn't believe that, you know, something that just came out a couple years ago, uh, man, he just captured the sound and the feel so like wow. And yeah, the last and also there's a song they got called Fat Girl. That's yeah. total total. White oh Snake. yeah. Oh yeah, that's total white snake. But uh, another one, I remember the first time I heard uh, uh, what was the first single off of Infestate, Infestation? Oh, uh, best of me. Th- yeah, best of me. I mean, holy shit, that guitar riff. Uh, you know, the main riff. I was like, that sounds like such a vintage fucking rat. Like that could have been on fucking Invasion. Uh, you know, I was like, oh my god. And then my mind was blown. To find out that that riff was written by Carlos and not Warren. But I'm like, that is so fucking rat. But it was actually written by Carlos. I was very surprised. But uh, yeah, all songs I I liked better than Helium Head. I gotta love. (laughs) I like Helium Head, man. I like that title. I I might cover this one. (laughs) (laughs) All right, why don't you take the last one? Ain't Got Hung on You. Ain't Got Hung on You. Yeah, ain't got a song here either. At uh, 2 minutes and 24 seconds, the shortest song on the album. And uh, really, I kind of thought it was just an extension of fucking Helium Head. I was like, oh, wait wait a minute. I thought I was on track nine. It's over already. I thought it was all one song. So uh, didn't really uh, didn't really grab me. But again, you know, we're going off two listens on this album done like two weeks apart. So maybe... Maybe my opinion will change on this down the road if I give it another chance. But as of now, I can see maybe why it's, you know, an influence. But uh, I, I, to say this is an influence on metal is like saying, you know, jerk it off is an influence on fucking. I'd much rather fuck, you know, most of the time. Uh, but, you know, there's parts here, but, man, it's, it's not as 
great as what you know metal would become uh you know and i i don't know there's just something missing here for me maybe maybe i should check out the 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 album they did right after this i don't know uh you know if it's just like this or if it's different i think they added another guitar player for the second album if i if i remember oh, this right. is their debut album yeah this is their debut and then the second album is just self-titled sir lord baltimore so they kind of did it ass backwards all right. What well, what do you think of Ain't Got Hung on You? Well, this one we agree with you, and I think this one is so bad it's bad. I mean, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's jamming, but not hitting the mark for me like the rest of the album. This one, this one is just not good. And uh, I think he says in the lyrics, "Sit on my face." I was like, "Did he just say that?" And I I rewound it. And I was like, "Yeah, it sounds like he says sit on my face," which I guess is the best part of the song. But yeah, and I, ain't got a ain't got a hung on you. And, it just ain't got a hold of me, man. I, I couldn't get into this one. So uh, this one in the Partridge Family song, the only two songs I don't like on here, uh, the rest I like, except for that one song where I only like half. So there's like two and a half songs I don't like on here. But the rest I liked. I thought it was great, and I will give it another listen. I will. You know, I, I'll save this folder, and, you know, uh, when I'm a little more... I can't... And, you know, here's another thing. This album is pretty pummeling that... As tired as I was listening to it after I was done, I passed the fuck out for like four hours <laughs> after like 10 hours of sleep. So this going to like knock me out even more, you know? It's like, wow, that was a lot to digest, you know? So <laughs> I think I think you had a dream that this album was better than it was. <laughs> yeah, maybe I took these notes in my sleep. Yeah, maybe, yeah. But right. I, 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 two thumbs up. Uh, who was it? Ortiz, you said? Yeah, William J. Ortiz. Thank you, William. I I, I, uh, I am now turned on by something you recommended. All right. Well, there you go. That's our uh, very brief review of, of a short album. So hopefully our news segment makes up for the, for the lack of a review. But we thank you very much, uh, William, for requesting this. And it was definitely out of the box and maybe we can turn on some other people to this uh that that might uh, enjoy it just as much as ralph and yeah, who knows it's cool if i end up enjoying it uh later on i'll definitely mention it on a upcoming episode i definitely go see them if they co-headline with jody grind <laughs> yes well unfortunately there is no more uh sir lord baltimore because even though they reformed uh you know and became a christian band I guess Christ didn't want to save him that bad because he killed off the singer and drummer uh, who died of liver failure in Aww. 2015, uh, effectively ending the band. So there is no more. Uh, yeah, you missed your window to see Sir Lord Baltimore. What a drag. Great drum. Yeah. And I yep. like his voice. Well, there, there, there you go. Who knows? Maybe it'll grow on me. <laughs> but... Uh, all right, well, now it's time to go into Pick of the Week. And, Ralph, you got one? No, I'm looking through my iTunes now. All righty. Well, my Pick of the Week, I can't remember if I picked this or not, but just hearing, uh, you know, the, the punk aspect of this and the lo-fi recording uh, made me think of one of my favorite Iggy Pop albums, and that's Kill City. And that's an album he did with James Williamson, who was the guitar player uh, on Raw Power, and you know, the towards the end of uh, the Stooges' first run. And this was an album that he did. He ran out of uh, 
of rehab to record this album like on a weekend leave just because he needed the money. And a lot of these uh, were songs that were written for the Stooges that never got recorded because they broke up before they recorded a follow-up to Raw Power. And I've just always been fascinated. The, the cover, it's like a cartoon cover of, of Iggy's like chest and a microphone. And I always loved it. My dad had it on green vinyl. And this was the original one back in the 70s. It was a green vinyl. And I was just always fascinated by that. And then they remastered and re-released it uh, a few years back. And it's one of those, like, some of it sounds better. But I just, I've known the album my entire life. So, like, just hearing the littlest tweaks really pissed me off. I was like, oh, you can't. I've lived with this too long. Don't change it. You know, it's just like when Iggy Pop went back and remastered Raw Power because he said he never liked David Bowie's uh, mix of the album. And it wasn't horrible, but it's like, don't change it, it you know? Yeah, it's raw, but it, but it, it, I don't know, to me it suited the album. But but Kill City is just an amazing album. Uh, really good, really dark, and some amazing uh, saxophone on there I can't I don't think it's Stephen McKay who played with the Stooges a lot but whoever played on it it just it, and it suits the album and it's not like a like a Steely Dan sax or anything it's just like a real dirty like the sax that was used on uh, uh, you know Funhouse uh, just really really good record if you can find it with without the remaster try to get that and I was pissed I bought it on vinyl uh, a, a new copy of it and I thought it was the full fucking record. And it was some limited edition that it's it's not even the, the size of a full record. Uh, it's it's like an in-between. It's not a 45, but it's not like a full record. It's a 7-inch. And, 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 and there was like uh, there was like songs missing off of it. They didn't even put the full record on there. I was so fucking pissed. Make sure you read your notes on... Uh, Discogs or Amazon, whatever you would buy it off of, make sure you're getting the full album. And if you can, get a get a pressing. I've seen ones that aren't that unreasonable because right? I want to order. Because my my dad wasn't one to take care of his records, so it looks like it was played on a fucking sewing machine. It has many crackles and pops on it, but uh, I I would love to go back and buy an original copy that's in good condition. Because I do think it's a phenomenal But uh, Iggy Pop, James Williamson, Kill City, that is my pick of the week. All right. Uh, I'm picking a very obscure heavy metal band, uh, which I think is really a really great album. It's a band called Thrust. And the name of the album is called Fist Held High. And, uh, yeah, it's like, a, you know, it has a song called Posers Will Die. You got to love that. It is very old, by the way. It is like early 80s or mid yeah maybe mid 80s but I, I discovered this late 80s but I know I discovered it when it was very old uh, songs like Heavier Than Hell there's a song called Thrasher Metallic Attack uh, you know Overdrive title track Destructor uh, Torture Chamber I think it's a really solid obscure heavy metal band that's pretty damn cool so that is my pick of this week yes Rust with fist held high. I've never heard of that. What label were they on? I don't know. I don't. I don't think there was labels back then. Oh. 
Okay. But, uh, yeah, it's some good shit. I, I have no idea. I don't own this, by the way. I, uh, I, I, I know a friend turned me on to it, and then I have, like, the MP3s of it, but... Yeah, if I ever like run run across it, I will buy it. Uh, it's a good it's a good damn album, and uh, even the cover is cool. It shows like a ball with spikes on it. It's just a badass fucking. I think it's a cool ass album. I, I love a lot of those early uh, '80s obscure metal bands like uh, Thunderfire is another one. I'm sure that was one of my picks of the week. And uh, oh, what was the name of that band? Uh, oh my god, with Metal Inquisition. I even Pile Driver. Another awesome one. I, I'm very, I'm very much in tune with, uh, you know, the pre-poison era of heavy metal. You know, where, you know, you had your Motley Crues and your Rats, but then you had those a little more heavier. You know, in the vein of, you know, the new wave of British heavy metal would be a great way of saying it. And even though it's not really like Running Wild, the early shit, stuff like that. I, I digs it. So that's my pick of the week. Thrust, fist held high. Nice. I, I forgot to tell you, and I, I, I got to send it to you. Uh, Mr. X happened to find, like, it It just looked like a weird thrash album. Uh, and it's a new band from Mexico. And he sent it to me because he thought you might like it. Have you heard of Full Metal Thrashers? No. I like the name. I like the name. Yeah. Full, Metal Thra- Full Metal Thrashers. Rise and Fight is the name of the album. And they're a band of young, young kids from Mexico. And it's thrash, and uh, cool. and uh, me and Mr. X thought of you, so I'm gonna send that to you. Awesome. See, I see saw what you think. I saw a band once, a thrash band once from Mexico called Strike Master. We played with them, and they were really good too. So, nice. Yeah, I, I, Mexico loves the thrash. They're the third biggest market for thrash or die. It's like Germany, Australia, and Mexico are the three big markets for us. And uh, I'll tell you another thrash band I'm gonna get to see finally for the first time that I really like is Havoc. Oh, they're amazing live. Oh, oh, you've seen them live. Cool. Oh, yeah, I've seen them twice. Cool. Yeah, they're going to be playing down here with, uh, it's a Metal Alliance tour. It's Overkill, Crowbar, Havoc, and I believe two other bands that I did not recognize. Oh, those are three great live bands right there. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Very excited for that show. I saw Crowbar open for SOD. That show was awesome. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, I saw... (laughs) I saw uh, uh, Sexy T, Todd Strange, the bass player from Crowbar, <laughs> at that horrible Corey Feldman show. He's probably mad I'm going to say this. <laughs> he was at the Corey Feldman show. And I was like, hey, man. I'm like, I got a new radio show starting. He goes, what's in the world? <laughs> I was like, awesome. Yeah, Todd is on our page, and uh, and Kirk Weinstein from Crowbar are on, on both the, the Wadzilla page and the Rock and Metal Combat page. So, so they they pop in every once in a while and they, they're like me they, they 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 like stuff they don't post they just hit like <laughs> but I did talk to Todd about I'm like hey we got to get you on for that uh, uh, Celtic Frost Morbid Tales episode and he's down so it's just a matter of finding time yeah yeah it's a matter of us getting done with these goddamn episodes <laughs> so don't worry we won't, he won't be on on anytime soon <laughs> and stop stop donating we got enough. <laughs> All right, let's get into the plugs. Ear Pillar, the podcasting and interview news site. To keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear, go to earpillar.com to find out what we're all about. You haven't listened to Mars Attacks podcast? What are you waiting for, man? 
Host Victor M. Ruiz brings you all types of hard rock and metal-based podcasts. You'll find everything from music-based episodes, interviews, to series such as ultra-sexy classic album series, where some of your favorite musicians, producers, journalists, and show hosts comments on the albums that push the evolutionary chains of hard rock and metal. Get with it and go to MarsAttacksRadio.com to find out more. Listen to The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Go to all the W's. Gully, G-U-L-L-Y-A-N-D-J-O-A dot U-K. 8 p.m. UK time, 3 p.m. Eastern. The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Listen to it. Don't be a cunt. All right, Kiss Army. Since 2007, you've been getting podcast. The Kiss Audio fanzine for your ears. That's right, it's your podcast. Every month, the podcast crew, along with the Kiss Room, brings you Kiss Talk like no one else, whether it be roundtables, interviews with the band past and present, analysis, and great Kiss fun. Hi, this is Ace Frehley, and you're listening to Podkiss. Hi, this is Bruce Kulik, and you're listening to Podkiss. The Podkiss, the Kiss audio fanzine for your ears. Hey everybody, I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast. And if you love this... Then you'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll and it's always free. Music's most diverse podcast, starring Luke Innes, Greg Sim Bootlegs, and Mr. T from Germany. New episodes released every Saturday on Podbean, Podcast Addict, and iTunes. The True Alternative Podcast. Have you developed paralysis from trying to choose a movie on Netflix? Of course you have. There's too much garbage on Netflix to sift through. So join us on our podcast, We Watched It For You. We watch a bad movie every week and try to determine its watchability. We Watched It For You is for bad movie fans, B-movie fans, underground film fans, and cult movie fanatics alike. Don't miss an episode of We Watched It For You, a guide to the lesser-known movies of Netflix, available on iTunes, or wherever you download your podcast. Hello, my name is Lee Gerstman, and I have a podcast which is improvisational in time. The next episode might be 20 seconds away or might be 20 years away, but it's called The Lee Gerstman Show, and I do a lot of record reviews, but I also do editorials about women and food and other subjects, strange or otherwise. Feel free to take a listen to The Lee Gersman Show on Spreaker. Thank ya! Hey, headbangers, you want your own radio show? Well, you got it! On Thursday nights, here on that metal station... 
join me on the Dr. Fuck Show. Go in the chat room and I will make you my co-host. That's right. Everybody that joins me in the chat room, I discuss whatever you guys want to talk about. I'll mention your name. I'll say what you say. And we're going to go back and forth. And I'll even fucking play whatever request you want. Unless it sucks. Then I ain't playing it because my show rules and only songs that rule is allowed right here on that metal station. The Dr. Fuck Show airs live Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern. Hope to see you there. Well, no, no, fuck that hope. I better see you there, motherfucker. Alright, this is the Ayatollah of Alcoholic Ian Wadley, and I want you to listen to my brand new radio show, Wadzilla World, where I cover every era of fucking music that I like, and a few that you like too. Check me out every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Central Standard Time on Soundphoria.com. I'll see you there. Alright, well if you enjoyed this, uh underground episode well you definitely like more than me (laughs) come back next week when much to ralph chagrin is another you paid for it you got an episode what's it what's it gonna be next week i have no idea but i'm sure ralph's gonna bitch about it yeah and by the way viera vault my new podcast we're taking donations too for my vinyl collection (laughs) please i gotta like it yeah please give generously (laughs) yeah but it's not albums (laughs) on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast.